from the humble beginnings of South St. Louis to broadcasting around the world, Right Time Media gives to you the right lane. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's on you for not knowing who the fuck I am. No, have you seen my fucking videos at 6 a.m.? Yes, they're obnoxious. <laughs> What's fucking obnoxious about them? You're way too loud and way too hyper for 6 a.m. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to the right lane. I'm Danny and I'm joined per usual by Lance. Man, how you doing today? I am phenomenal. How are you doing? Oh, we'll get to that in a second. I bet we uh, will. Today, we got a great cast, man. Uh, we have Brad Evans of Evans Flooring. Uh, Worst segue ever. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You got some kids? I've got one. Uh, one and done, baby. One and done? How old is he? 18. Oh, man. What was it like? What's it like raising one kid? I'd, I'd say it was pretty easy. Yeah? Yeah. He, uh, he's been my best friend since he was about five years old. No, I think having, like, the one-on-one, like my daughter, I get a lot of one-on-one with her now. Yeah. She's eight. She's seven years younger than my middle child. She's going to grow up to be the greatest basketball player of all time because we have we spend so much time with each other. It's easier. Yeah. It's a lot easier than when you have fucking all these knuckleheads. Yeah. You got to divide the time. and. Yeah, and – and they're different personalities. Correct. Like, how do you have kids with the same woman, and they're completely different? Everyone's da- yeah. yeah, completely it's different. like yep. that, man. It's just uh, well, you gotta think too, though. Um, you and your wife are in different places when you have each kid too. No, we were doing the same thing. We were watching the fights, and then <laughs> and then bam, but <laughs> had <just> two boys. <laughs> just not, hey, bam, I, had two boys. Not hey. what I meant. <laughs> hey, and then hey, check this out though, for real. And then when my daughter was conceived, um. It was the 4th of July. It was fireworks. It was, we were camping with my family. Everybody was lovey-dovey. This great time. And a, and a girl. But we were watching the fights. And after the fights, we had two, we made two boys. I, just, I don't know if there's a correlation there or not, but... You should give it another whirl after the next fight. Shut the fuck I, up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the I just fuck mean up. different places in your life. Not, not, not just different places when you had them. Oh, and they, and they were all on... Well, two were on the couch and one was in the back of a car. Oh, my God. And everyone was a firecracker baby. Yeah. Either they were born... Around the 4th of July, or they were conceived around the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that that's your one time of year. <laughs> oh, no. My wife is not with me because I'm fucking nice or polite uh-huh. or anything like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Easy, big fella. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I want to I wanna say that's probably a lie, but knowing you, you definitely aren't nice or funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking hilarious. She doesn't find me funny, but I think I'm fucking funny. So, I think so, you're funny. Brad, did you say, uh, do you have a boy or girl? A boy. Yeah, but so that, Bradley that, Jr. Well, that throws my—I would say—that throws my. I was thinking maybe it's because it, like the the the, the father daughter relationships are usually no, better when they're younger. As we get to, we'll, yeah. we'll get to know more about Brad over the next hour yeah, and a half, yeah, two yeah. hours yeah. or so. But uh, you'll see. Now, Brad's a very likable guy, and I I would say that you're kind of a I don't know if salesman's the right word, negotiator. I I've been called a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like now you're e- you're easy. You can negotiate between people, and like you, you are a salesman. I, I well, you're a business owner. You're kind of business owner. Yeah, yeah. I've, I started young mm-hmm. uh, with that mindset, but also, I'm also kind of a chameleon. You know, yeah. I can get along with everyone. You can put me in um, a room with suits and ties, uh, get along well with them. And then I leave from a party. that's a six million dollar house. <clears throat> end up in a trailer park with a suit and tie on. You know, I just. Yeah. That makes success. Yeah. Does, I mean, you got to be able to fit. You got to be able to not just read the room, but fit in the room. Correct. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. No, b- b- negotiators, I think, the proper word for it. Because, and I mean that with like, uh, 
you you get along with kind of like everybody, and the people were arguing. You could solve. You'd be a good peacemaker. Of I things. am. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh so let's rewind back a little bit. Okay. And talk about <laughs> and talk about you. Uh so you, you've owned Brad. You've owned Evans Flooring uh, for how? Fourteen years. Uh, I've owned it for ten years. 10 like years? a legitimate company for right. ten. But you've years. been running stuff out. Been... Correct. I've been doing side jobs for you know I couldn't tell you how long. Before you got into Evans Flooring, what was you doing? Uh, selling drugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Interesting. <laughs> you, you, uh, like, uh, you, had, you, you were a former addict? Correct. Uh, what, what, did, what was the drug that you used? Your, cho- your drug of choice, your oh, DOC. A, a, oh, drug of choice. So, so I didn't really discriminate on drugs. Right. It was A to Z, so I liked it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but my drug of choice was opiates, heroin. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. uh, I don't know if I've ever told We've talked a couple of times or whatever because uh, we are friends. We, like, we see each other. Your, the reason why I find your story so miraculous is because the success rate of kicking heroin mm. is fucking, it's so low. It's 5%. Yeah, I, mean, see, I, wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even give it that high. And I was living with these people when I was 16, 17, and I had had, uh, I had the three marks on my arm. And the lady like grabbed my hand and was like, what the fuck are they? And she like freaked out on me. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, those are needle marks. And I'm like, nah, you're, I got scratched. They're, they're, we're good. They're not needle marks. I've used that one before. No, I got it, scratched. It actually was. And there were three in a row. And then she was like, proceeded to tell me. She said, uh, heroin cost me six years of my freedom, blah, blah. And she's like, when the first time I did it, I was like a kiss from God. And then I spent every time after that chasing, chasing. that first one. Yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah. Probably not going to do that one. I, 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 I was never an addict, but uh, I my ex was, and I, I didn't know it when we first were dating. We ended up dating for four years, but she relapsed for like four times. I'd take her to rehab. Heroin? I wa- yeah, heroin. I watched, and opiates. Uh, I watched the struggle. I mean, so it's very impressive for you to be here right now. No, I've lost, I've, man, I could, like, I've lost five, six friends. I'm in the 50s. Yeah. I wouldn't say like yeah. really good friends, I'm but I have. Close, yeah, close people. I, I've lost a lot of close people, but as far as like people that I was buddies with, um, well over 50. So how does this happen though? Like, you're from High Ridge. Uh, Do you have a bad home life growing up? No, no. Middle, you know, uh, raised poor, you know, in my teens. My, my We became, I guess, what you would call it, middle class. Right. Um, my mom was a single mother, had four boys, so Ooh. I was real tight with all my brothers. And at one point, my mom had five children. Or four, I'm sorry. Where, four, are you at, where are you at in the, the order? I'm the third. You're third? So my mom had four children under the age of five. Oh, man. So she was back-to-back. Yeah, woman. Yeah. God bless her soul. Yeah. So my dad passed away when I was like 15. I'm sorry. That's about the um, most traumatic thing that happened in my life. That's a pretty big deal, though. Yeah. That is a big... Yeah. Especially... That, depending on how close yeah. y'all were or whatever, that, even if you're not close. If it, like, I was it, super close with yeah, them. Yeah. See, that's a huge deal. That's it's a, big. It's not just... <laughs> at, at that time of life, too, it's it's big no matter what age you are. Mm-hmm. But at 15... That's, that's an you, angry age. Your de- yes, yes. Your development. I yeah. looked at everything and I said... Fuck you. Yeah, that's Fuck it. That, that age is so hard on, especially at least. Well, I mean, I can only speak from a male point of view, but like, yeah, you're angry at everything. Your hormones, you just don't. <laughs> it's you have that power trip. So yeah, the, the, for you to do go through that at that age, definitely probably lost. Well, no one was gonna tell me anything. Yeah. Oh you know, no. Teachers, my mom, my stepdad. And a tragic loss at a, at a time like that, especially somebody that is a your gar- your guardian, somebody you look up to, somebody you're trying to you're gonna learn from, and that. Ha- you think that, that that is one of the reasons why? You know, I've connected a lot of dots over the years and through recovery and stuff like that. And, you know, that was one of the big impacts in my life where I looked at it and I was like, I think that was in the, the, the 
path in my the road where I took a left instead of a right. You know, that's when I looked at everything and just mm-hmm. said, fuck everything. Uh, don't care about school. And I'm just going to hustle and, and do what I do. Numb the pain. Yep. Mm-hmm. What was heroin like for you? Like, what was the <laughs> lifestyle like? How, where did, oh, it, where did it take you? <laughs> uh, wow. Um, so I was 18, had a son. Okay. At this point, I was pretty much just uh, on opiates, right? So Oxycontin, Percocet, mm-hmm. Vicodin. I worked my ass off. Yeah, I started in the flooring industry at 17. I you, but you had already started working in that industry. Correct. Right on. So I justified my addiction based on I go to work every day. I hustle. I work 10-hour days. When I get home, I want to pop a few Percocets right. and you're, just relax. You're functioning so you don't Co- see. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I didn't see really what it was doing because it was 10 pills t- a day turned into 20 pills a day turned into 30 pills a day turned into Oxycontin gravitated to uh, heroin, Woo. you know? So the first things that happened was uh, I lost my kid's mom. She left me along with uh, my son. What Was she using too? No. No? Mm-mm. No. How long were you guys together after your use, your uh, addiction started? Well, my addiction started at 13. Yeah. But not, Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was smoking crack at 15. Woo! Uh, that was the first time I ever tasted Mm-hmm. cocaine and crack was i was 15 at so 16 you, i started doing oxycontins here and there at that age i could do something for a day or so and then put it down and not pick it up you know and then it's like one weekend i would smoke meth and the next me- weekend i would smoke crack i would do ecstasy then mushrooms i never really w- had focused on one thing mm-hmm. um and at 16 i really liked the uppers yeah so i would it's, do it's oxys but i would rush. like I would like it for the day, I guess. But after that, I was like, that sucked. Um, so we'd st- steal them from my buddy's uh, grandma. She got 80 milligram oxys and we'd, mm-hmm. you know, we'd split one and we'd be fucked up for the day. <clears throat> but I was, I really liked the uppers. That was my thing. Right. But, you know, pre 17. So were you really good at hiding it? Is that what, or did she know about it? Um, my kid's mother? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't hide it at all. No, so she no. Didn't, it just no, got I, to I lived I lived the life of I'm going to do what I do. I provide um, you know, I go to work every day, I pay the mm-hmm. bills. Um, I'm going to do what I do. So did she just get tired of it or did it just get out of hand? Well, I think once it gravitated to heroin, right. it's kind of when uh and let's face it, I was at at the time I think we split up when I was about 21. Mm-hmm. Um I was a selfish individual. I do a lot of self-reflecting. Um, not so much when I was younger, but now I self-reflect on the day. I self-reflect yeah. on, on the year. So I, I've self-reflected a lot about mm-hmm. the past. And, uh, you know, I think that at that point, I was just a selfish individual along with the well, drug You're use. also hurting, though, too. Like, even if it doesn't play, like, in your mind, you're not, you may not think about the, the loss of your dad or the passing of him or the impact that it had, but it... it clearly does yeah absolutely Um, yeah so i mean that selfishness i'm not justifying it at all but i mean there's a root of it yeah that's not something just your own doing uh, correct but that's still it's not fair to her or not fair to my son you know things like that so i get why she left right you know i think we all do i think we all get when we hit a certain age we look back there's there's a lot of things that we know we were the villain yeah you know yeah for sure and and that's healthy i think that's because that's how you grow and how you become better yeah um, so why did you jump to heroin? Was it because it was stronger or because it was cheaper? 
Because those, um, those are usually the two answers I get. That's why I ask. So. Not necessarily. So okay. at the time, mm-hmm. I, you know, I had been selling pot since I was 14, right? Right. And once I learned I could actually, at first I sold it just to get mine for free. But once I learned I could turn a profit, it was over hey, with. That's always, salesmen are people who, motherfuckers who started at young ages selling weed to get their, to, just to get theirs for free. They, they go on to, to do things in life. I promise you. Go back and look at any of your friends. And, and not just like if they're moving big weight at 18, they're not doing shit. But if they're mo- just trying to get something for free on themselves, they go on to own a business. They go on to fucking have a decent life. Because those people are hustlers, man. Yeah. And that's what you are. So you're selling you're selling for your own self. Yeah. And what, I forget the question. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, so basically, why did you go to move up to heroin? Oh, okay. So, you know, I, I gra- everything just kind of is a stepping stone to the next, right? So at, you know, at that young age, I was always a hustler. Right. So at that time, I would trade ounce of pot to somebody's grandma or mom that got a prescription of Percocet. Well, I could only get so many Percocet. Right. I only knew so many people with scripts. And a lot of times that, you know, a couple of my buddies were kind of in the same position. So I'd split the scripts with them. Same with the oxys. I couldn't find them anymore. Like I probably would have never done heroin if I would have been able to have a steady flow of oxys, but I probably would have never got clean. You remember what they call heroin or uh, oxycontins, hillbilly heroin? Oh, is that yeah? Yeah, yeah. they call it hillbilly heroin. Yeah, I mean that's basically what it's, it is. It, it really is. And at the time, I would just snort it. You know, I wasn't. I I didn't get uh, addicted to the needle at that point. Right. So, so how, how did uh, so you? You went from you couldn't get the oxycotton for three days. Yeah. For three days, I was dope sick, and I was mm-hmm. like, every day I'd call around, and um, this particular friend of mine, I won't mention his name, but uh, every day I called him. I'm like, hey, do you got, do you got any oxy or know anyone? And he's like, no, but I can get some get some heroin. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. And then by the third day of me getting the same result, I was like, all right, fuck it, let's go. So, and then at that point, I was just still snorting it. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, fuck it, I'll just. I'll just snort it. That's the biggest. So that's I hear that a lot. The withdrawal from that is so brutal, and I've witnessed it again. I've never felt it, but I witnessed it. That's so brutal, and that's usually why a lot of times they it's all mental. Again. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all mental. I'm gonna tell you right now. Yeah. I, I it's I I've never ever ever in my life thought that it was just such a mental thing. Cause just put this in perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And I went through this personally when I got locked up. Put yourself in a behind bars, and your mind. You're already like, there's no getting dope, right? I'm locked up. I'm fucked, okay? If I was sitting on my mom's couch, dope sick, I'm going to be dope sick. My mind's telling me that I'm dope sick, all right? So what am I going to do? I'm going to go out there and do whatever it takes to get the dope. Mm -hmm. When I was locked up in county jail, I wasn't dope sick. Couldn't sleep, but I wasn't dope sick. It was either, I'm a believer, I don't know if you guys are believers, it was either God lifting a big brick off of my shoulders, okay, or it was just all mental. Because you knew you couldn't anyway. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there's Once you get it in your head that it's, that it's gone mm-hmm. and you're fucked, because once they came in and showed me my papers. What would you get arrested for? Oh, how much time you got? What were, what were you in the county for? Uh, so the initial arrest was, uh, uh, a flight by motor vehicle. Um, I had numerous stealing over five hundreds. I had forgeries. 
I had. Um, when did you get? Uh, I, I read somewhere. I don't know if it's true or not, but I think I seen somewhere. Breaking news. I, I didn't see it, but did you like <laughs> break out of jail? <clears throat> I wouldn't say that I got charged. What, what did the police with, say you broke out of jail? Well, I I got charged with the same crime as what it would be if you actually physically broke out of jail. So, so I gotta hear the story to this because when I read it, I'm literally picturing picturing the five o'clock news or the kid the police cam- news. Yeah, well, the police camera or the police uh, helicopters got their light. You're underneath the fucking kiddie pool or some shit like that, and you a trash over, can flip it over. Yeah, and a, like, and a waste management <laughs> trash can. <laughs> So um, it was uh, September 28th, 2009. Uh, I got arrested for stealing at Walmart uh, at that time. Uh, and Walmart does not joke around with that stuff. <laughs> no, especially Kirkwood. That's a place you don't want to go. Yeah, that corporation is very hard on there. Yeah. Yep. So <clears throat> long story short, I get, I get arrested by Kirkwood PD, uh, lied to the cops. And, uh, and I'd done this in the past. And if you're not, quote, unquote, fit for confinement, um, they'll take you to the hospital and then release you on your own recognizance. Okay. Uh, I got hit to this at a young age. So whenever I had some bullshit misdemeanor warrants and I just didn't feel like going to jail, I would just mm-hmm. tell them that I swallowed a bunch of drugs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I told the cops that the one cop knew me, uh, officer Sullivan, Webster Groves slash Kirkwood. And he's like, why didn't you shove it up your ass? Like you did when I pulled you over. And uh, I go, well, you almost found it that time, but Long story short, they, they end up taking me to St. Clair Hospital because I had told them, I had lied to them and told them that I swallowed two grams of heroin. Yeah. They take me to the hospital. And at that point, uh, you know, they, I had felony warrants. I had uh, no bond warrants for probation violations. Mm. Um, there was a lot. And at that point, I knew that once they sent a correctional officer in, from St. Louis County and actually handcuffed me to the bed. I knew that, you know, my time was up. I'm I'm actually going to jail and I'm going to yeah. spend some time there. Time out, time out, time out. So you're handcuffed to the fucking bed. Yep. But we're not shackled. Going, we're shackled. not going to jail today. We're not going to jail today. Yeah, well, well, addicts, us addicts are uh, what extremely you? resourceful. Oh, fuck Facts. yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And th- there's some sayings out there or whatever. It's like... Uh, I don't know. The crackhead never woke up and said, uh, I'm not going to smoke crack today. You know, you're right. Crackhead's going to figure it out. Honestly, a lot of addicts are some of the hardest workers because they, you fucking right. Yeah. I'll, listen, I swear to God out. that if I owned a fortune 500 company mm-hmm. with like a really heavy sales, um, force needed, mm-hmm. I would hire fucking 10 people out of prison that were former drug addicts slash, um, uh, drug dealers yeah. before I hired some bullshit guy from Yale. So you're fucking handcuffed and shackled to this hospital bed, and you're not going to jail today, though. Mm-mm. So how, go ahead. I'll, I'll give you play-by-play. So I'm I'm hip, man. I pay attention to my surroundings. It's just been a kind of something that I've always done, you know, just always aware. Uh, you know, the first uh, correction officer that was there, uh, it was shift change, right? So at shift change, you know, I'm handcuffed to the bed, left mm-hmm. arm, right foot. Uh, at that point, the correctional officer asked the first shift guy, the guy coming on, he goes, hey, where's the handcuff key? And the guy looks at him and he goes, oh, it's in that bag over there. And he points. And I'm like, okay, mental note. You know, it's in the fucking uh, carry-on luggage bag sitting 10 feet from me, okay? So it's it's kind of a shame, and I I got a lot of regret 
from this portion because the the second shift guy was actually a fucking amazing guy prayed with me sat there and he fucking put his hands on me and prayed Mm -hmm. with me okay talked to me about everything was actually cared all right this man but we got to do what we got to do to get the fuck up out of here correct correct i don't i don't begrudge you <laughs> he didn't either. Actually, he didn't either. So and I, I, didn't I actually got would. to I got to speak with him afterwards. I, I'm, so I'm happy was, for both of you. Yeah. So he ended up saying, "Hey, I'm going to run down to the lounge real quick," which is not protocol, right? right. When you're mm-hmm. sitting on an inmate, you sit on an inmate. Yeah. Okay. He goes, "I'm going to go down to the lounge real quick." He, he told you to. Well, yeah. I know that the lounge ain't fucking right next door, bro. You know. So I'm like, all right. So. At that point, I'm fucking 36 hours or 24 hours into being dope sick. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I slid my bed over, grabbed the handcuff key. Once I got the handcuff key, I've never undid handcuffs before, right? So I'm like, I know you stick the key in there and turn it, but I'm like yeah. fighting, struggling. Finally get out. Uh, I I go crack the door because he had shut my door when I had left. So, you know, no one saw me doing this shit. So the, the same key worked for the foot and the hand. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I opened the door, and as I did, my male nurse, bro, this dude was like 6'6", probably like jogged five miles a day, fit as a motherfucker, didn't eat red meat, you know, like fit. Right. He looks at me, and he goes, why are you out of your handcuffs? At that point, I just booked, dude. I tried to book right past him, and he just picked me up like a little child. Picked me up like a little child, bro. My feet were kicking. Fuck that dude. I'm telling you, I was 160. I know, but I was a dope addict. I already know. He should just let you slide. I'm sitting there pleading with him. I'm like, it's not your fight. It's not your fight. You know. So true salesman. And uh, so finally, he wasn't letting you go. He said, not on my watch. I I got out. You know, he wasn't gonna take it to that point. I would have. You know. Yeah. So I end up getting out of it. I go. You know, I'm hip, dude. I'm smart. You know, even in that situation, I'm like stairs, no elevator. You know, stairs. I've been in construction my whole life. They're like always at the ends of the hall, yep. typically. So I run to the end of the hall. I'm jumping down flights of steps, you know, like whole flights. Grab the bar, bam. Get down to the bottom, doors locked. I'm like, fuck. Look to the left of me, fire alarm door, right? I hit the motherfucker, all the... Sirens go off. They know right where you went out or close to where you went out. That's a felony, bro. Is it? Yep. Yep. That's just another add-on to the Mm -hmm. seven felonies I got that day. So I get out. I'm in barefoot, scrubs, no shirt, right? I'm running through the woods. There's a little subdivision right off of 141 by St. Clair Hospital. I'm like a fucking salesman, like a motherfucker, dude. And I can lie like that and come up with a story out of thin air. Go up, knock on a door. Lady answers. It's 10 o'clock at night, bro. When I pulled my IV out, blood just run down my arm like I dipped my hand in red paint. Mm-hmm. I go, I said, ma'am, I'm incredibly sorry. I go, me and my girlfriend had a bad accident. We got into a big fight. I was like, is there any way I could use your phone? She's like, oh, my God, honey, come on in. And mm-hmm. So I'm in this lady's house, and I, I'm calling all my people, right? And I can't say, hey. I just escaped from the hospital. Come get me. Mm-hmm. And dope friends are dope friends, right? If I was like, I got a gram of heroin, they would have fucking been there in five minutes, right. Yeah. right? But I'm like, hey, I need a ride. They're like, oh, I can't. Can't help you. So uh, I end up, I, I finally I looked at the lady. I said, listen, I live 10, 10 minutes away, right across the street on uh, Gravoy. Can you just give me a ride? And she's like, oh, honey, my husband will. 
let me get you a shirt first. So she just fucking gave me a pair mm-hmm. of socks, a fucking shirt, all this shit. We leave. As we leave, we see a cop pulling in the subdivision. Well, the guy didn't think nothing of it. It's cops patrol that area all the mm-hmm. time. I guess after we had left, the wife went out into the garage and the door was open and the cop goes, hey, did you see a guy about 6'2", hospital scrubs? And she's like, oh, yeah, my husband just gave him a ride. He goes, he's an escaped prisoner. So she's thinking I'm like yeah. from the feds yeah, or something. You know, like husband. I'm a, yeah. yeah. She calls him, it's dead quiet, no radio in the car, nothing. And it's an old dude, so his phone's turned all the way yeah. up. And she's like, Oh my God, that guy's an escaped prisoner. And he kind of looks at me and I just kind of do, you know, shrug my shoulders, like, Yeah, I am. He gets off the phone, he's like, Tell me everything. I said, Bro, listen, I said I'm my a, guy. I'm a drug yeah. addict. Yeah. Okay. I've never hurt no one a day in my life. I go. I just need to ride home. What are you, what are you thinking at this point? Like, what's your, like, what are your, your feeling? Because you may not be like thinking anything except I need to get out of this. But what, like, what's the adrenaline? Like, what do you feel? Oh, like? dude, like Superman. Are you kidding me? I'm getting out of this motherfucker. I'm getting out of this situation, no matter what it takes. So, I knew with what I had, I was gonna do some time, right? Either prison time or a lengthy time in county jail. I wasn't ready yet. I wasn't ready to fucking face that. So, you know, the adrenaline was fucking insane. So at that point, that dude looks at me and he goes, I'm sorry, man. I'd love to help you, but you got to get out. So I got out of his car, kind of ran the opposite direction, waited till he couldn't see me. And then I started running a different direction because I knew he was going to call and say he was running that way. Yeah. Yeah. So about three hours go by. I'm hiding in a waste management dumpster. There's fucking helicopters. I mean, I swear on my life, there's 150 St. Louis County police cars out for me. That's awesome. Breaking news. Breaking (laughs) news. Sorry to interrupt your regular (laughs) scheduled (laughs) fucking (laughs) show. We have an escape. And they even said my name. My cousin was like, told me later, like, oh, my God, I was laying in bed. Because it's like 10, 1030, 11 o'clock at night at this point. And, uh. So it was fucking straight up breaking news. I made breaking news. Should be like, no, 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 that's not a common name. Yeah. I'm cheering yeah. the TV. I'm rooting my boy on him. Yeah. Like, go, go, go. <laughs> so at some point, adrenaline slows down. You know, I've watched enough TV and YouTube to know that these don't end well for yeah. an escaped prisoner, right? Um, yeah, because no, no matter what it's for, you're still an escaped prisoner. Correct. That's, yeah, that's what yep. it is. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, man? The adrenaline's gone. And I'm like, I need to turn myself in. I'm going to get fucked up. You know, I heard cop dogs, helicopters, Mm -hmm. sirens every fucking 10 seconds. You don't want that cop dog catching mm -hmm. you. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get shot, tased, bit, or all three, and I just don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So I go up to uh, Hawkins, and I'm standing there with my hands on my head. Dude, I'm hip, right? I'm fucking intelligent fucking criminal. I'm standing like this. These motherfuckers ain't going to have a reason to tase me or fucking shoot me. Cop car passes me. <laughs> I'm standing on the side of the road. Cop car passes me. That, that, guy, that guy looks too compliant. It can't be him. Yeah, he's thinking, no way that's him. Yeah, he right? just, yeah why would he run so much just well, to stand the, there? Yeah, yeah. The the uh, hospital scrubs probably looked a little bit like joggers, but he probably oh, didn't yeah. see that I wasn't wearing shoes either and just had socks on, you know? Mm. And I kind of throw my hands up like this, like, what the fuck? And then he hits his brakes and he, like, backs up. Real, dude got out. 
the slowest, most calm cop ever. And he looks at me and he goes, what the fuck are you doing? And I go, sometimes you got to know when to fold your hand. I said, I'm, I don't want to get fucked up. And he goes, all of that just to give yourself up a couple hours later. Like, this guy was baffled, right? I, I, yeah. 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 That's what I was thinking. That's I probably why he drove by and saw you like that. Which is like, I had a long way to go to get home. No, he's not. No, I get that. And that cop's never been in a position like that where you fear for everything that you don't know how this is going to end. Yeah. You could be shot. You could get shot. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. And that dog's going to fuck you up. That, he ain't going to stop, dude. And <laughs> yeah. what if the dog's like fucking two football fields oh, he, ahead he's gonna be a and fu- he's going to be yes. just sitting there fucking Chewing ripping. on your arm. Yeah. yeah. No, so, I, I get it. I yeah. get it. Dog can't read the paperwork. Yeah. It can't, it can't, it didn't, it can't read the police report. It's going to treat you just like everybody. Else. Yeah. yeah. So at that point, I was like, you know, this guy barely puts the cuffs on. Nicest motherfucker ever. But you know where they had to take me? Back, back to back the to hospital. The, back to the hospital. So these motherfuckers are like pissed. They send two armed guards and the guy, the the fucking uh, top guy at St. Louis County, comes there and he goes, "Brad, I'm just going to tell you this right now. You try to escape again, they're going to shoot you." And I was like, "Bro, I'm done." <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah. I t- I seen my, I took a chance. I didn't make it. How was that adrenaline dump? What's that? How after your adrenaline wore off, how how much were you like wore down? Oh, like, dude, I I I wanted to sleep, but I just couldn't. Say, yeah, I just yeah. couldn't. Wow. I was like yeah. fucking. I mean, it was it was just an insane five days, like nuts. Hold, hold on, hold on. How long were you on the run? Three hours. Okay, but I'm saying the days <laughs> no, I get after. All, I get, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's fucking insane, though. That's that's a badass fucking. That's a badass story. That's, I like it. It's a good <laughs> story. Yeah. It's a great you know, story, not yeah. everyone can say they yeah. fucking, you know, no. escaped from handcuffs no. and shackled to the bed. And, no. You know. I, I know you said you're, you know, you're, I won't say the word shame, but you're, you know, you regret a lot of things, but I just, it is a badass story. Though. Yeah. It there's, is, there's know. things I don't regret anything and I'm not right. ashamed of nothing. Okay. okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, I look at everything. I'm blessed that I went through what I went through. I wouldn't change it for the world. If you could go back to 21-year-old Brad and say, Brad, don't stick that needle in your arm, I wouldn't know how it would turn out. I didn't. I wouldn't know if I wouldn't have been a full-fledged addict or just a fucking 50-50, like a weekend warrior. I know where I never want to be again in life, ever again. I, I tell my kids this, I, like, if I could, if I had to go back and do it all over again, I would do it all because I like who I am and where I am Correct. in life. And the outlook I have, and it's all because of the shit I went through. 